Should we call it the clay podcast? The ceramics podcast? I think the ceramics podcast is more succinct. Yeah. The ceramics, the clay podcast sounds really like lowbrow, but the ceramics podcast sounds like, you know, it's like we know what we're talking about. What about? <laughs> yeah, you, no, that sounds pretty good. I mean, are you a ceramicist or are you a potter? Dude, I had to have such a long talk about that with some weird old lady yesterday who was like, well, do you work with clay? And I was like, yeah. She was like, so a potter? Yeah. And I was like, no. no. You're at this fucking pottery show. Like, you should know the difference. And then we argued about cone six clay bodies. <laughs> That's your favorite argument. That's your favorite so thing to get into. You're like, it's like the worst. Okay. Well, the absorption rate. <laughs> Jesus. Do you need some? Let me grab a cup of water. Now, okay. Then. Do you need a cup of water? No. Okay. Yes. Hi, welcome to the, our podcast, <laughs> our ceramics podcast. The ceramic podcast. Hi, I'm Cami Clamaco, and this is my co-host. Hi, I'm Gus of Hamilton. Um, you can call him Gus because that's what everyone calls him. Um, but uh, we wanted to make this podcast to talk about clay, the clay community, what's happening in the ceramics world in New York. Yeah, so the podcast is going to um, focus on a lot of stuff happening with ceramics in New York City. So both Cami and I are Brooklyn-based artists. We both work with clay primarily, and we both have been in the field for a considerable amount of our lives. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, so the, the plan for this podcast is to uh, sort of do some news, keep people up to date on what's happening around Brooklyn, do some show reviews, have Adams Per Year come in and do some short segments. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to do some shit talking. We're probably going to have some subgroup shit talking, <laughs> sub chats. Sub <laughs> Um, this is great. We're after great. <laughs> great. Yeah. So we thought for this first episode that we would um, just to make sure that we wanted to do a podcast together. We wanted to just interview each other. So we each have a series of questions that we're going to ask each other um, and just basically to decide whether we want to do this podcast together. And I want to just like for me personally, I just want to make sure Gus um, is both capable <laughs> and knowledgeable about the material that we're going to talk about. Um, so, Gus, let me just get mm -hmm. this started. Yeah. Um, tell me, what's your favorite piece of ceramic art to date? Uh, my favorite piece of ceramic art is... Wait, before you say this, yes. this is like one of those interview questions uh -huh. where um, your fault is also your success. Do you right. know what I mean? Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, I want to say thank you for your thoughtful question. Um, I think uh, I think that my favorite piece of uh, ceramics that I've ever seen was the Ken Price Avocado Mountain, which oh. was made in 1959 or 1960. Okay. I think. What is it? It is a jar made by Ken Price. Uh, it is the lumpiest piece of ceramics you may have ever seen. It was part of his first show at Ferris Gallery, I think, in California. Um, and it was before he went like 
um, to the really tight geometric pieces and before he made the blobs in the end, he was just making these really, really crude. It almost just looks like a big pile of clay that was like thrown onto a table. So it's flat on the bottom and then it slowly tapers up to a small opening and then there's a little lid sitting on it that almost looks like a little hat. <laughs> and I, uh, one of the things that I like so much about it um, is that one of the, like the big conversations happening and that has been happening for years now with ceramics is like people turning away from craft and this like lumpy ceramics coming in as if it's this brand new thing. <laughs> <laughs> And Ken Price nailed it a long time ago, and I'm sure somebody did it before he did. Um, so yeah, that's and it's also just a really killer piece. So everybody should look up Avocado Mountain. I actually love that you didn't say Peter Volkus because I would have walked out. Yeah, that would have been the end. Of it. Well, and it. also because that's your favorite piece. Is that the problem? No, no, the I, rocking pot. <laughs> no. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think I think that's that's my favorite piece. I think. Um, I want to make one thing explicitly clear. My favorite ceramicist, though, yeah, is Beth Lowe. Oh, I don't know Beth Lowe. Yeah, I'll bring in. Uh, I have my Beth Lowe. I only have one little Beth Lowe pot that only really works as an ashtray oh. <laughs> from a one hitter. Oh. <laughs> it's, it, you couldn't even fit a whole cigarette in it. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it. it in. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna Google the Avocado Mountain too. I think we need to see. Yeah. We need to see like what what really affects yeah. you. Yeah, and look up um, look up Bethlow's work. She was my professor when I was an undergrad. She went to and then taught at the University of Montana for a really long time. Um, and was big in the Montana clay scene. Worked really closely with Rudy Audio, um, and then uh, has sort of been there teaching and and making work for quite a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Uh, Cammie, thanks, thanks for coming in for the interview today. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah, I'm excited to see if <laughs> you're going to be a good fit for <laughs> the ceramics podcast. Um, so uh, I wanted to hear you talk a little bit about uh, how long you've been a part of the ceramics community. And you can define that ceramics community in any way that you would like and how you've seen it change over the years and how you feel about those changes. Well, I've been a part of the ceramics community for about uh, a month. <laughs> but it's been, been at but, least six months, But right? I've been making ceramics <laughs> since 1990. Uh, but I moved to, when I moved to New York, and so this is since we're really talking about like New York is what I know because I've been here for so long. But when I moved to New York in 99, um, I remember like being at a party and telling someone I was, a, they were like, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a ceramicist. And they looked at me and they were like, oh, you do crafts and walked away. And then from what, what were you making at the time? I was making really big, like really like big installation pieces that I would like cover in car paint. And it was like a real, it was, I mean, it was, it's far away from being ceramics and still being ceramics as you could possibly get. Yeah. But, um, so yeah. You just felt like you were an artist in New York, not a I mean, 
Sure, like if that's what you want to say. Um, also, what had happened was that I was dating so many ceramicists that I, you know, in college and stuff that I just didn't want to go to Ansika anymore because it was like, it was getting really, really weird. So, but that's not true. But what no. happened, that's true. That's true. So, um, so... So that, that just like stopped actually making clay for about four years. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to take a break. And I basically learned how to like make, every, learned, I like taught myself how to draw. <laughs> so I actually went to art school. Um, I started actually like, but kind of it's true. I taught myself how to like sit and make like big drawings and paintings. And then I started making sculpture and then started casting all kinds of different materials. And having worked in clay for so long, I, it was a little bit like starting from scratch. So then after, in about 2005, I really started to like work in clay again because I missed it so much. You know, it's like my best friend. But um, the, way, what's, the way it's changed is that like, about 2001 slip casting became really popular you know and then people were like really into slip casting ceramics and all these like little cottage industry businesses started and it was really exciting and then you know around 2008 they all sort of like all those like cottage industry little slip casting business all those designers and artists started working at like west elm uh. so it's sort of like petered out and so now ceramics is so popular that it's super exciting. It, it feels like the community that's, it, that ceramics should have always been, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I think, um, so I got into ceramics when it was not cool. And it was like <laughs> the weird, uh, like the painters were really cool when I was in art school. Um, right. And the photographers were pretty cool. The sculpture people were crusty and then the ceramics people were just like weird Birkenstock <laughs> people <laughs> which I was a little bit of uh, <laughs> but uh but what was it I mean so I got I um graduated from high school in 2009 and started school and I was studying ceramics oh yeah I'm um, so much older I started I started I mean I started studying ceramics in 90 but ceramics was like cool. I mean, June Kaneko was making these like monster pieces, and every they were okay. like becoming everywhere, and it was like, it, or maybe it wasn't cool, and I thought it was cool. I mean, I was in Ohio, yeah. so <laughs> you don't really know. Like it was before the internet, so you don't really. Everything yeah. is like pockets. It's not like yeah now where you can just go to Instagram. Like you really had to travel two hours to go to a museum in Pittsburgh or something. Yeah, but it did at least, it felt like it was relatively cool or it was okay. Yeah, yeah. it felt, yeah, no, it was crusty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Birkenstocks. Because, yeah, I think like, that's, like, it's really know. funny to watch it um, change right now, right, and read stories that, like, Brad Pitt is doing ceramics all of a sudden and like um you know read an article that's like why ceramics is white hot <laughs> and, and it's yeah. really really weird and but that's also good because now people like now when you say that you do ceramics people know what you taught what you're talking about yeah um because like you know and 
because mostly really because of Seth Rogen. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter. Like that's great. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like yeah. it just helps it's good for the it's great for ceramics and people making ceramics. Yeah. Totally. Um Okay. So why Gus my next question, why are you the best person to co host this podcast? Boy, I was really hoping you'd ask this question. Good. I mean, uh, I didn't think of anyone else, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a good reason. Um, well, I think, uh, you know, somewhat recently I've uh, really got gotten invested in um, testing absorption rates of cone six <laughs> clay bodies. <laughs> and I'm just really excited to have guests on to talk to them about what they think an acceptable... Ex- absorption rate is uh uh no i think i think one of the <laughs> i'm sure I'm like i know that's yeah. a thing yeah. but i don't know i'm have to like look up how to do that <laughs> oh no i i think you know we're i think one of the reasons that we decided to do this and it sort of started as a joke more than anything um at our favorite local pizza spot archie's pizza and <laughs> mm, bar uh, excellent pizza it's the best pizza <laughs> And uh, it started, I think, with us just talking about um, how we felt like there was something like this that was missing, that there were these pockets, um, you know, there are other podcasts about ceramics, and, but a lot of them really focus on like that, you know, Montana scene or the Minnesota scene right. or like even California where there's a lot more, there's sort of like a longer history of like studio pottery right um you know or it's like focused around centers like the clay studio philly or the archie bray which are like these massive spaces that have like done so much for the field but that there is also this like new thing happening where there are new studios popping up all over the place and there are new people that are kind of like just dipping their toes into ceramics and then like really quickly establishing a name for themselves there they're also i feel like i haven't seen much where people are up to talk about like production stuff um, and things like that. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, through you and I talking about what we felt like was missing, one of the things was a, a show that was not centered around one of those locations, was not hosted by two people wearing Birkenstocks, which <clears throat> Cammy may be wearing Birkenstocks right now. Um, well, um, that's, that remains to be seen, literally. Yeah. There's actually, there's a pair of Birkenstocks around here. <laughs> Wait, you so, also have Birkenstocks. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening right now? No, I think, uh, yeah, I think, you know, you and I are in this position of being in, in Brooklyn, um, which is, or New York City, and which is having this, like, big ceramics moment. Um, right. There's so many people. There's so many people. There's so many studios. Yeah. Um, but I think we also... You know, we came from the outside a little bit more. You went to school in Ohio. I went to school in Montana. Um, And so I think, like, we're maybe more aware of some of those changes than somebody who, you know, went to Pratt and is now making work in New York City. Like, um, Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely ceramics feels so much different in the middle of the... Like, feels so much different in the middle of the country than on in new york i mean it's so much it's actually really hard to do ceramics here yeah and you have to really really want it to do it 
Yeah. And I don't. I think people don't know that. Like, I don't. I'm not sure that people really understand like the like what you have to go through to get a kiln and to get the the just money. Yeah. Just to do it. Just to do the thing that you love. It's like, yeah. You and people that do it really like really like dedicate some time to it yeah really really um commit in a way that is like kind of amazing and yeah i mean i think that's like one of the things that i explain to people a lot when they um you know ask about signing up for a class or something and they realize how much it costs is that in most of the country ceramics can be like a fairly cheap hobby yeah because you know everybody's got like a 220 outlet in their garage or their basement or yeah. like their back shed and a cousin that can fix it yeah and a cousin <laughs> that can fix it yeah um and a truck to transport the materials <laughs> yeah, in totally and i think um yeah i mean for a long time i was like carrying my clay on the train i know uh, i saw that it was like <laughs> i was like what what's happening with that bag there's like a giant tile sticking out <laughs> like a giant bisque tile yeah and uh yeah, so it, it's a different thing, and you know, space is so expensive here. A lot of us don't have cars, um, so moving moving things is a hassle. Yeah, um, you know, getting things wired up. There's also, I've never felt like I I've been in New York for longer than I have been anywhere else for a while. Um, but uh, I I still like I feel like my apartment could change at any second. I feel like my studio could change at any second. <laughs> Yeah, um, you really, it's really, you never really know. This is a, a question that I've been thinking about for a little while, because I think I, I, I know my answer to it. But okay. um, if you could only work with one clay for the rest of your life, what would it be? And I want you to be as specific as possible. <laughs> That's... It, clay body. Sorry, I should specify. Wow. Yeah. I... That's like, I'm working with two clay bodies right now, and I, you, I, how can I pick? It's like what, Sophie's what you, choice. What are you using? I'm using, well, cone six porcelain. Cone, oh. Mm. What's the absorption like on it? Um, it's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I don't, uh, is that a thing? That I, yeah, I guess I'll figure that out. Um, it comes in a bag. <laughs> comes in boxes and I just take my wire tool and slice off a piece mm-hmm. um, but I've been working with this like cone 04 earthenware lately that uh. it's so without the grog it's so smooth and beautiful that um, I, I just like love it so much do I want to do that for the rest of my life no yeah or cone 6 porcelain no or cone 10 porcelain no I guess I don't I'm not really I guess I'm not really partial to any of them. Yeah. But I love all of them. Oh. Oh. That's pretty sweet, though. Yeah, right? Like, sometimes yeah. there's just things that you can make that only 04, 04 orange earthenware can really do for you. Yeah, like a <laughs> large guitar sculpture. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, like, I love that, like, dull orange. <laughs> it's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, but, you know, again, like within in New York City, like Cone 6 is really, we basically top out. A lot of people um, don't really understand that as well. Uh, it's really hard to get a gas kiln, so. Yeah, I think um, 
in Manhattan, from what I know, there are only two studios that have gas kilns. Um, it's Greenwich House Pottery yeah. and the 92nd Street Y. Exactly. Um, and in, I, there's, yeah. No, you're right. In Brooklyn and Queens, there there are more, but it's still yeah. it's really difficult to to get that set up here. Yeah, um, right. And especially like you know, most people are leasing their spaces, so even if it's zoned for it, a landlord might not let it go in. Things like that. Um, but I'm yeah. not sure that I would want. I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure I would want to work at Cone. 10 reduction anyway yeah i like having occasional access to it exactly um yeah just maybe we'll take a quick second to explain a little bit so both cammy and i teach ceramics up at the 92nd street y right um and we also both work at a studio called brooklyn clay um and a, a big reason that both of us work in the field is one because we really love it but one of the other major things here is um it's so cost prohibitive if you're doing it more seriously than just a hobby. Um, so you almost need to work at a space like this so that you can use those resources. Um, <laughs> Which I've learned the hard way. Yeah. As like I just started setting up my own studio like this year. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because even things like, um, you know, getting clay delivered. Oh, yeah. It's like there, there's no longer from what i know a, a store in new york where you can actually buy clay wow i didn't yeah. know that i think so i think artisan craftsman supply stopped oh wow i didn't know they sold it that's one like con about being a ceramicist in new york city is that like when i do want to buy clay or have something delivered i have to spend like three two fifty to get it and so yeah. as just like a one person i'm like well i just need this ten dollar thing or i just need one box of clay to finish this project i don't want to buy three hundred dollars worth of it so so you kind of there's that yeah which is maybe one of the reasons that um all the ceramic studios seem to be doing so well right now and so busy because i guess in another in a different city it's much easier just to do it on your own yeah um because you could just drive but you just drive to go to the to the clay place but here it's like an hour and a half to go get a box of clay yeah and it costs like 15 dollars just Across for the, the george washington <laughs> yes, it's like oh <laughs> so now that 10 dollar bottle of cmc gum solution is costing me 30 bucks <laughs> yeah it's so stupid okay what do you think do you think people should make decorative teapots ever this is a loaded question i know and a lot, I have a lot. I have a lot writing on your answer. <laughs> Big I, stakes. The stakes are really high. I think. Okay, so my gut reaction, and I know that this is not the answer that you're looking for, is uh, yes, people should make decorative teapots. Wow. And <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, I. I'm going to try and defend that. Um, <laughs> so I have a really beautiful Linda Sakura teapot that I've had for a couple years now. And it is a super nice teapot. It functions really great. Pours really great. It's super light. has a good handle that you can hang on to, a nice tight-fitting lid on it. Um, but all things considered, I've only used it once. Because? Because who's making tea in a teapot? <laughs> <laughs> That's 
That's and, a great question. But I want those I want those objects to continue to be made because they they're sort of at least to me they seem like such an important object in the field like if you didn't make a teapot set with two cups and call it tea for two when you were in high school or a, <laughs> a freshman in undergrad. Oh, like, wait, oh, if you didn't, wait, what's the end of that? Are you even a ceramicist? <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> um, so. Boom. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I want those things to be made. Um, and I really, I don't think that, that, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people really do use their ceramic teapots. Um, I certainly don't. I have that teapot. I, ha- I made a bunch of teapots. I made a. I did a tea. I taught a teapot workshop one time. <laughs> oh, and that's I, right. And I've never. I almost took it, and you were like, "No, you don't need to." And I was like, "But I kind of do." <laughs> and you were like, "No, you don't." And then I was like, "Okay." And then I sort of slunked away, like, "I guess I don't." He's right. <laughs> Can't and then I, I was like, I, have... "I don't need that tea. I don't need to make teapots anyway." I just have a. a I have an inferiority complex with you, and so I can't have you watch me teach. That's really funny. <laughs> we taught next to each other for like t- two years or something. Yeah. It was really hilarious. Yeah. Uh, um, where we would yell at each other. Because I, I think I, you're thinking full-on decorative teapot. Like, like looks like a pumpkin. <laughs> basically, exactly that. That's yeah. exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. And that, you know, I don't know. People probably don't need to make those. Oh, okay. Like, even a even an Adrian Sachs teapot. I was just gonna like <laughs> I was gonna drop the Richard Knockin bomb. Oh, the heart shaped teapot. That <laughs> one. Just whichever it doesn't. Oh, I went to a studio. <laughs> Why are we just this is the, I guess this is gonna be the shit talking. Yeah, this is it's just gonna be. <laughs> Sorry, Richard Knockin. People and... that aren't gonna defend themselves. Uh, I think Richard Knockin makes some cool stuff. Of course, they're really beautiful. Richard Nodkin keeps all of his molds in cabinets that have doors on them so that the rubber bands that he uses to keep his molds together aren't exposed to UV light and then they won't break down. You know what? This is why. (laughs) This is like one of those reasons that I don't, that I like am in my own studio with a glaze that's not working yeah. being like I fucking hate ceramics <laughs> because if you're going to make tight work like that that's how obsessed with yep, stuff you need exactly. to be exactly that's, yeah. that's number one that's there's it. no old bike okay. tube tires so everybody should look up Richard Nodkin's anatomically correct teapot that's and write in <laughs> in your thoughts um, yeah we'd love, yeah, we'd love actually, to get your feedback yeah. 100% yeah. so I guess the short answer is yes I think so I think so. I've been having this because it's fun to look back on that. Like, I don't know. Like, when when was like a, was Adrian Sachs nineties? Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think it's so funny to look back on some of that stuff because when I was an undergrad, I thought it was the dumbest stuff I'd ever seen. Yeah. And I hated it so much. And now the field, like, or at least my interest in the field, has gotten so much goofier. Right. And it's. Like I, oh, you're getting nostalgic, aren't you? I think so. It's like listening to didn't... like Third Eye Blind or something. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> it's when I'm by myself <laughs> and I put Nickelback on. <laughs> well, how do you feel about you know like if you go to England and then 
in the shops, um, in the tourist shops, they have like cozy British teapots that the 100% have a sticker on the bottom that say made in China, not for use. <laughs> Should those uh, be made? No. They're so cute. It's like a little cottage. Wait, now you're changing No, it's your, like a cottage with a snow around. on the snowy roof and like you can see the fire. They like drew a fire in the window. Man, we just... Blue straight garbage. past one another. It's garbage. I don't think actually no. I'm gonna change it. I want people to make those because I want to put one in a painting. Because <laughs> I want to make a painting of that object. Oh, uh, oh, I might have one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, this is a sort of serious technical question. Okay. Um, as an expert in your field, I'd like you to <laughs> uh, like really show your work as you work through this answer. Um, okay. So. Uh, if cone six is half as good as cone ten, uh-huh. reduction, obvious, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> no, I didn't. How good or bad is cone O four? So, I just like the question in itself is insulting, <laughs> because as I've mentioned in my previous response that I work in cone six and O four. <clears throat> um, <laughs> And I feel like I'm to being be clear, attacked. the question says, <laughs> "How good or bad feel, is Kono for?" I feel really uncomfortable with that question. <laughs> I mean, who would you be without O four? I'd be nobody. I made terracotta pots for years, <laughs> right? That Me was too. my entrance to it. To like my the first ceramics person that I became obsessed with, and like a big reason that I ended up going to school for it. Like what? got like kept me going to the ceramic studio after work or after school every day <laughs> not work after tennis practice <laughs> was a was a Yumi Horie's work and oh, and right. I I made work that looked like a really shitty version of that for oh, years oh that's yeah. awesome yeah my first ceramics class in undergrad was with Kirk Mangus yeah um and it was so he's such a sweet like such an amazing you know basically taught me everything but we worked in 04 that was it and we worked we decorated everything with colored slips and then if we were lucky we salt glazed every, all the 04 um colored slip pieces Wait, 04 salt glaze yeah it was so that's cool so fun on a side note a quick story about 04 salt glazes we were, i was trying to close the damper on the salt kiln and um with a shovel and we brought it brought it out brought the shovel out and the um the shovel itself was gone <laughs> it's just a <laughs> stick i don't it melted <laughs> wait how long did you have it in there for? i don't know just like trying to shut it so hard and then just like okay i think i got it and then you like pull the stick out and it was like it was, it was just a stick? It was just the wooden stick. Wait, did you have it like actually inside of the chimney trying to push the, like was the I, damper broken I or don't something? know, it was just like crazy. Okay, so to clarify, <laughs> Kirk Mangus used 04. 04 is good. Oh, yes, 04, yeah. That's, I mean, I love 04. Yeah. I sometimes feel like maybe like I should just switch everything to 04. Yeah. But no. You know what we need is we need uranium. Then we can make those early Ken Price brightly colored low fire glazes. That's something yeah. that I don't think about ever. <laughs> it's trying to get some uranium yeah, in your Yeah, I never practice. am like thinking like, you know what we need? Some more but. toxicity. 
<laughs> but sometimes I but the other day I was like perusing through the US Pignant Core mm-hmm. website mm-hmm. and I was like, do I need to spend eighty dollars on neodymium and erbium? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Did I you do. do it? No, but I yeah. do need to do that. Because like this, like we're sitting in front of a ceramic table right now and it there's a yellow on it and the yellow would be a lot nicer if it cost way more money. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we could also bring back lead, but everyone complains about it. We really... Sh- so that was one thing that... I think it was Beth Lowe used to always say was that she would just sort of like drop it every now and again as she was complaining about glazes that like... Or maybe it was Andrea Gill, I can't remember, but one of them would just regularly say like... Yeah. Colors just were never as nice once we took lead out of the glazes. <laughs> but when I was a student, I had a, a bin of uh, some f- like frit. I don't remember what number it was. And it was leaded frit. And I just would like carry it. I like took it from Kent all the, to Cranbrook. And then like took it from Cranbrook to New York. Just like drug it from state to state. Yeah. Terrified to use it, but I didn't want to give it up because it was the most beautiful red. Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> uh, finally, I tossed it. I can't. Yeah. Say, I'm not going to say any more about You're it. You're not going to say where. I shouldn't say. Is that what happened to the Gowanus Canal? <laughs> oh, maybe. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Gus and I work together. Uh, we see each other quite a bit. Um, Gus, what percentage of your awake time do you think about mm. ceramics? So I work uh, five days a week at a ceramic studio. Okay, so um, that's 40 hours. That's 40 hours. Let's, we're gonna, let's do, yeah. we can do some quick math on this. Plus the bike ride in, the bike ride out, yeah. Um, then I also, I teach uh, Saturday mornings. Okay, so that's 43 hours. That's 43, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then outside of that, I, I have my own studio practice. Okay. Um, and uh, I would say, did you say percent? Is that what we're trying to calculate? Oh, I did say percent, yeah. Yeah, yeah so then outside of that, uh, every time I'm perusing Instagram, it's either <laughs> ceramics heavy or it takes these weird shifts. For some reason, Lately, it's it keeps trying to make me watch wakeboarding videos, which I don't oh, that's need weird. to watch at all. I did, <laughs> but I keep clicking on them because I'm always so curious. <laughs> that's really unexpected. Um, I would say so. Out, I okay. So to quickly, and all of your friends are ceramicists. Yeah, every every friend of mine other than Henry, who is uh, ceramic adjacent. Um, and we usually talk about, I make him talk about ceramics anyway. Um, yeah, all of my friends are ceramic artists. My brother is a ceramic artist. Um, and, uh, I would say maybe 95% of my waking time. Uh, and, and then outside of that, I, I do, I think about skiing. (laughs) Wait, I'm going to change it. I'm going to say 90% because then I'd say the other 5%. There's, there's probably 5% that's skiing slash TV. And then there's, maybe that's 7%. And then there's 3% of just nothing. Blank space. Oblivion. Yeah, there's just there's 3% of just blank white space up there. That's, that's <laughs> And then, great. yeah, a sliver of a percent of me trying to make drawings that always go back to ceramics, though. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. they're always like, a, the drawings are just trying to get back to how to get them on the... Yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> how could I get this drawing on ceramics? Uh-huh. <laughs> Stencils. I feel like we've really carved out like a, a pretty narrow niche for this podcast that's a mixture of New York City jokes and technical ceramic <laughs> stuff know. and name dropping. <laughs> Isn't that what a podcast is supposed to do? Yeah. Stick with us, you guys. <laughs> Stick with us. Uh, so, uh, as we kind of near the end of this formal interview here, sure, yeah. um, I was just curious if you were offered the uh, position as co-host of the Ceramics Podcast, what do you wish to accomplish by talking uh, about ceramics with me and with uh, our field correspondent, Adams Perrier? and with other experts in the field? Um, that's a great question. Just to have a conversation about ceramics, and when you listen to people's conversations about ceramics, you get to learn, you learn so much about, um, about you know, what's happening, or like sometimes, I mean, you know, when we're talking about leaded fritz, somebody might actually be like, you know what, I really, I'm not afraid to get that leaded fritz. I mean, that would be bananas, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could happen. Um, and I feel like we both know a lot about ceramics and even I don't think we... care we, a lot about ceramics. Yeah, in a way that like, it's really, I mean, this is like, it's even more than, it's like our, our, our life, both of our lives, but I mean, it's so important to me and it's been such a huge part of my life for so long that I think even for me to get to talk to it, to talk about it with you or anybody um, is like it feels important in that you know for you for everyone that's like alone in their studio and just like you know wondering like or feeling the same way about you know working with clay or like is it important and you know like later on we can talk about like why ceramics important why do we make things like why keep making things out of clay when we do we even really need to and you know the important the big important things like are is the world really running out of sand like when things come across your facebook feed that you know indirectly affects you yeah but it does have a huge effect on you so i guess it's just those things yeah just those minor things (laughs) like now i'm just gonna get really emotional i probably should be by myself i know i know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i do think uh yeah i think again like when we started you know talking about it and stuff one of the things that we kept coming back to was just trying to present something that was maybe like a little bit um because there are some like there's there are a lot of good things that you can listen to that that have good ceramics people on it that are interviews and things like that but um i think both of us have like a slightly different sensibility than the people that are hosting those shows and it um not that we are insincere in any way because we fully committed to this <laughs> field like we we really love it but um yeah i think we were like excited to try and put something together that was like um where we could bring our friends in and we could like tell stories about getting into ceramics and like what we really care about in the field and um talk about stuff that's happening because so often there's 
SRAM, I mean, they, we recently saw a great show uh, at Onderdonk in right, Brooklyn yeah. that was really ceramics heavy. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like there's always something popping up here uh, and we can just like sort of share these stories. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's like the one of the biggest part of uh, the, actually, if not the biggest part is like, sharing information is ceramics like that's what it is yeah i think both of us are like i mean i really funny (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say generous but i don't think that's true (laughs) i at least laugh a lot i'm not so sure i'm actually and then i have one last question for you um what exactly makes you an expert in your field oh thank goodness because i was just thinking we got we made it essentially to the end of the end of this interview and I hadn't even taken a chance to uh, tell everybody (laughs) (laughs) I just feel I should be wearing my hat my other hat (laughs) that says ceramics at Alfred on it oh my god (laughs) are you trying to tell us who went to Alfred no I think uh, (laughs) I because that doesn't really help (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't do it. I mean, literally, it's actually, like, in my case, like, maybe a negative. <laughs> so, uh, just really quickly, Cami and I went to the closest <laughs> thing to rival ceramic schools. It's <laughs> true. We're natural enemies. We went to the uh, the Green Bay Packers <laughs> versus the Minnesota Vikings of ceramic schools. <laughs> I tried to think of college teams, but I don't know <laughs> That's, I mean, I guess that's quite a thing. I don't know. Either. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, is that football? I think uh, yeah. so. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so Cami and I, um, uh, I went to Alfred University and Cami went to Cranbrook University to, um, for our MFAs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just called Cranbrook. <laughs> <laughs> See, there we go. It's an academy. This is why we hate each other. <laughs> um, and... Uh, no, so I, um, so s- since I finished up there, um, I taught for a short little stint as a sabbatical replacement at Colorado State University, um, and really learned a lot there about trying to keep a studio going. Um, I was the only person really working in the ceramic studio for a semester, um, so it was a lot of really quick on-the-job training, and it was a really nice, humbling experience oh, because God. I felt like I was such hot shit coming out of school. God, I did that exact same thing happened uh-huh. to me. Yeah. That first teaching job. Oh, God. You're like, wow, I suck. Yeah. Yeah, you make it. <laughs> it's like I, I showed up and I was feeling confident. And then all of a sudden, like half the kilns started failing. And, and my students were mad about things. And I was just like, this is it. I'm just going to go back to working at Target where I used to work. <laughs> Um, well, that is like exactly this very similar experience. Yeah. And then uh, since then, I, I've been in New York and I've um, been a tech at a studio. I'm now a studio manager. I used to be a studio assistant. Um, we're, I'm now trying to make a line of dinnerware. Um, and I think that there are just so many, because I've been so focused on it, like the amount of time, the number of years that I've spent working with Clay is not that many compared to you or compared to a lot of people, but it's been really focused that entire time. Um, and so there have been a lot of things that I've been able to like chase down and try and figure out. And it's like, I was always sort of, 
like even going through grad school, I, I really didn't have much interest in materials, like trying to develop new glazes and things like that. Oh, right. Um, and then sort of through like conversations with our mutual friend, Keith Simpson. Um, who works at Alfred, by the way. Who works at Alfred. He didn't go to Alfred, though. Yeah. I mean, the he only reason <laughs> the only reason people at Alfred know anything is because of Keith, let's mm-hmm. be honest, who didn't go there, just yeah. to be clear. And Sean, Sean Murray knows a lot. If you're trying to build a kiln. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love that school. <laughs> and we'll bicker about it a bunch. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, I sort of had a realization, thanks to some of these people that are are a lot smarter than me, that if you really dive into all these different facets, it just opens up what's possible with your own work. Um, That's so true. So yeah, trying to like, you know, spend a little bit of time developing glazes, which is still something I don't particularly enjoy, but um, I've started to like, it started to finally make sense a little bit. yeah. And spending a little bit of time, like I always hated mold making so much, but recently I've been doing it a lot for work and like <laughs> they're still pretty rough, but um, it is nice. It's nice to have all those things just in a, you know, in my back pocket so that if the work does call for it, you can pull it out. And I think that's present yeah. in your work too, like the yeah. number of different things that you can do so that you can, you know, make, make the thing you want to make. Yeah. yeah. I also though, it's like, there's so many there's so many facets to being a ceramicist that you know like knowing how to do all the things is like baller yeah it's baller ceramicist but you know even i mean i don't know i barely know anything about anything yeah i feel like yeah so yeah i know i go through those um like uh moments where i, th- I think i know everything and then you just like quickly get smacked back down like I feel like that's always my trajectory it's just like thinking I'm like God's gift to ceramics and then ceramics just shits all over everything I'm doing oh my god it feels good too you're like um you're like okay back back to I guess I'll start making pinch pots again I'm gonna make pinch pots and buy buy commercial Dunkin' glaze but Dunkin' if you want to sponsor us yeah actually uh can we get Mako? I need some more stroking coat. Okay, I'm actually, actually running low. <laughs> that's true. Like Gus, the expert in his field, uses Mako stroking coat, oh, um, yeah. which is a big secret, a big dark secret <laughs> that I just told you. So, so if so you maybe. see Gus's beautiful work and you're like, how does he get those beautiful colors? They're straight out of the jar. You where, can do it too. Where you want to get those beautiful colors, you're going to walk to the kids section <laughs> of your favorite ceramic shop. And um, yeah, which I also, I think that's something that, uh, you know, took, it took years to realize that like, um, and feel comfortable using commercial glazes because I, I felt like it was such an amateur move and it, it took like just the necessity and the not having access to a glaze lab to finally feel it. I'm still not yeah. super okay with it. Yeah. I mean... But I'm jealous. Maybe to answer your question. <laughs> like all my, all my like shit talking about your glazing is yeah. this just pure jealousy. Because yeah, good, good. why my glazes fail all the time is because... Because <laughs> you're mixing them. Because <laughs> I do it myself. <laughs> yeah. No, I think uh, maybe to answer your question, Cammy, is, you know, we're going to become experts in the field through this podcast. Yeah, I think And that's, that's why we need this podcast. High five that. Yeah. Oh, well, this is so great. I think that uh, I, I'm going to think about it, but you 
we'll probably do another one. Yeah, I'll get back to you. Uh. <laughs> I feel like pretty confident that I might pick you because I already said that I would. Mm-hmm. We've already committed. So I'm really happy that this is going to probably work out. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll sign the paperwork. Um, do the onboarding process and everything. <laughs> oh, go. Yeah. Yeah. Get the HR. So... Yeah, what sort of things are we... So hopefully next time we'll be able to introduce uh, our good friend and colleague, Adams, per year. Exactly. And then looking forward into uh, the depths of the podcast, we'll have some guests. We'll do some show reviews. We'll talk about um, hot topics in ceramics. Yeah. And if there are specific things that you're you're sort of interested in, um, you know, we're both Cammie and I are into a lot of other podcasts and so I think we're sort of looking at the what we like in some of those models and um, we're we're going to try and do some sort of like glaze help things um, some like write-in things maybe even a call-in thing oh my god that would be so fun let's do that too yeah Um, I think all that sounds great and um, we're going to put the link in the bio yeah the <laughs> link will be in the bio we don't bio? know but people say it yeah yeah, yeah. review the, the podcast people say that too yeah yeah uh please like and review the podcast um on your podcast machine machine <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh archie's pizza if you're listening we take pepperoni sausage maybe sausage and peppers whatever you got Ooh. handy We'll send you, we'll text you our address. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Um, thanks so much, everyone, and tune in to the next episode. Yeah, thanks, everybody.